Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial when you visit audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Just visit audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge today. My name is Fred Kep. I'm the host of the Teacher Recharge podcast, and I truly believe that my dog is cuter than everyone else's. So if you want to try and refute that, go ahead, send in a pic of your dog to teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. And I will make the judgment. Actually, Emma will probably make the judgment. That's my wife. Anyways, let's get this episode started. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Teacher Recharge Podcast, the only podcast on the internet hosted by me, Fred Kep. I apologize for the hostility in that introduction. I'm just very, very passionate about the cuteness of my dog. I really would like to see everybody's dogs, though, uh, and I would share them on the Facebook, on the Twitter, whatever you want, because honestly, I feel like when people post pictures of dogs, it just spreads joy anyway. So go ahead, send those into teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to see your dog. And then we can have the community rate the cuteness of your dog. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that seems like it would get a bit, a bit ugly. Man, this podcast is getting off to a weird start. So let's redirect it back at the main idea, which is today's guest. That is Eleni Theodorou. And she is a bullying prevention educator and children's author. She holds a bachelor's and honors degree in psychology from the University of Pretoria in South South Africa and a master's degree in sports psychology from Capella University in the United States. She was born and raised in South Africa, She currently lives in the United States where she teaches children the art of compassion through her tales and her accompanying multi-sensory bullying provision program called Noko's Culture of Compassion Campaign. Now, you're going to hear a lot about that in this episode. It's very enjoyable. I think you're going to um, hopefully take a lot of strategies and tips uh, into the week ahead with you. And so without further ado, enjoy the episode with Eleni Theodorou. Hello, Teacher Recharge listeners. Welcome to another edition of the Teacher Recharge podcast. And today we have my favorite guest ever. I, you know, I say that, I say that about every guest, but this one really is a one of my favorites, obviously. Her name is Eleni Theodoro. Actually, I'm just meeting her for the first time today. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is great. So, Eleni, how in the heck are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for including me today. Yes, definitely glad that we can finally make this happen after a couple miscommunications on times and stuff. Time zones are hard, everyone. Speaking of time zone, where are you coming to us from today? Today, well, New Jersey, East Coast, New Jersey. Yeah. Got that Eastern, that Eastern uh, time zone there. And wow, your New Jersey accent is, is thick. I'm just kidding. Where, 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 uh, where are you originally from? I'm working on it. Um, well, I'm originally from South Africa. Okay. Uh, my 
to have been raised in a home that's bicultural. My father is Greek, but I was born and raised in South Africa. So my mother is Afrikaans, which is similar to the Dutch culture. I got my first opportunity here in the US about 10 years ago. And now I get to call this amazing country home. So uh, although I'm based in New Jersey, I do travel to where I'm welcomed to work in schools. But so far, New Jersey has been a wonderful place for me to stay. And when you work in schools, what are you doing in schools? What kind of thing? Because I, I, I'm on your website right now, but I don't want to give it all away. I'll have you explain it in your own words. Sure. So I use my background in psychology to write children's tales. And I use those children's tales to teach children the art of compassion, the value and importance of kindness, forgiveness, and cultural appreciation. So I created, or at least I inadvertently became a bullying prevention educator, and I created a unique multi-sensory program that tied into my tales. And my protagonist is a porcupine in my children's series called Noko the Night. So I get to use real porcupine quills and real guinea fowl feathers while I teach children about the impact of their choice and behavior towards others whether it be their friends, adults, or our furry and feathered friends, you know. So, you know, we need to keep, you know, the message of compassion and kindness in the foreground, whether it be towards humans or animals. Everyone, we have feelings, and and children need to be made aware of how their treatment of others impacts that person because at the end of the day, we remember how we were treated, how someone made us feel. Yes. So you said multi and multi-sensory. You mentioned the quills. What what other stuff are you using as far as multi-sensory goes? I'm really interested in that word. That's really that's really cool. I like that approach. So I incorporate all of our senses in the program and I work with pre-K through grade five students. So we have them, the tactile experience would be the actual quills and feathers, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The olfactory sense is also stimulated by me using essential oils, diffusing them. My favorite happens to be, well, I like bergamot a lot, but everyone you know, gravitates towards lavender. So I try different ones to help us stay grounded throughout the session and relaxed. Um, I have music for our hearing and then we have movements so the children get to move around a lot and basically they just have a full well-rounded experience and it is a culturally rich experience as well for students as we teach them through the characters about bullying harassment and intimidation and how we can we choose to be heroes instead of haters from a very young age we need to keep instilling that message and repeating that message on a consistent basis so they're busy from beginning to end in my sessions a lot of fun is had the message seems to last with the students when we're making great impact as far and wide as we can that is really cool i'm, I'm looking at this website and it just looks it, it's such a cool way to to incorporate all of this stuff I, I i've always loved the idea of of making a making a children's book that has these type of things in it and i mean what, what's his name noko noko the knight right right and i have it available in different languages as well right i saw that too that's so cool because I do feel there is a large need amongst our Spanish-speaking children for these messages, uh, although I do work with the um, English second class lat- classes as well, where we have the Spanish teacher translate as I speak. And because I speak Greek, it's not too difficult for me to pronounce a few words in Spanish, and I have a good giggle out of that. The uh, book is available in Spanish, uh, Greek, obviously, and in Afrikaans, which is one of my native languages back home. I'm starting to incorporate uh, Spanish material into my programs as well, translating them 
uh, further for the students. But it is a fun session for all involved, teachers too. At the end of each of my session, I, I have the students say affirmations with me and then they turn to their teachers and they repeat after me as we show appreciation for the teacher's hard work and dedication to, you know, to the success of the students, to the well-being of the students. And I have students understand that tough love is a good thing. You know, my mom gave me tough love when she told me to, to write my story and to figure out how to get it published. The story was originally part of a play therapy assignment I took 15 years ago in South Africa and I forgot about it. You know, I scribbled it, handed it in as part of the assignment and walked out of the class. And then my mom was the one that was like, who reminded me of that story and said, listen, figure it out, get it published and get going. And so I did. And I like to remind students that that kind of tough love gives us, you know, the drive we need and the push that we need to become successful. And that's what teachers do for them too. Oh, wow. Well, so so right before we get to this minute intro portion where I just bombard you with questions, I want, want to ask one other question. So this story, what is it about? I, I know that I, I don't want to have any spoilers, but what kind of journey does, is he, uh, he's a, what is it, a porcupine? What journey does he go on here? In essence, uh, the first story is about Noko, and he's an African crested porcupine who hears he's about to become a big brother. Upon hearing the news, he's not sure how he feels about it. And he roams off into the bush felt or into the countryside, the forest, as you know it here. And he's trying to deal with these big emotions. And while he's doing that, one of his friends, the snake in Yorka, happens to slither on by and overhears him. And that's when they have a bit of an incident in the forest. And the snake ends up getting hurt uh, in the process. Once, you know, that scene happens, Noko then rushes on his way to school and he has to face the consequences of his behavior towards a snake. And it's all done in a compassionate, loving setting. So when I work with students, I want them to understand that bully is bully for a reason. Let's, let's unpack that and then let's explore the different scenarios, what the bully might be facing. We don't justify their behavior, but we offer a compassionate understanding and solutions. How are we going to help them make smarter choices in terms of communicating with others and how they treat other people? So now it's time for the real deal, though. Not saying that that's not the real deal, but this is, this is like a hot seat. This is like a lightning round. This is where we're going to put you on your toes and see if you can answer all the questions in this minute intro. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. All right. Do you have any pet peeves? Uh, tardiness when people are late. <laughs> well, I'm great at that. Okay. Which meal is your favorite? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Breakfast. Oh, I agree with that one as well. We're going to be great friends. What song always gets you out on the dance floor? I'm a salsa girl. Hey, oh. I'm in Latin American and ballroom dancing. So anything with the Latin flair, I'm there. That is so cool. What activity instantly calms you? Quite interestingly, dancing does, but I do love to be out in nature. So anything to do about being out in the forest, in nature, or with any animals. Okay, so real quick, let's pause. That's the end of that because I want to hear a couple things about this because you've mentioned dancing twice now. Obviously, the first one was about dancing, but the second one. So you are... And we kind of talked about this before the the episode started while we were just kind of meeting each other. So you said you're into ballroom dancing and stuff. You've done that competitively before? I did. I got dressed up in all the glitz and glam. Oh my goodness. So you're so is that something you're you're really passionate about? Do you do you still do that? 
Unfortunately, I don't at the moment, but it's still deep in my in my veins. I, when I hear that Viennese waltz or the Pasta Doble startup, I just feel it coming on. You just, ooh-wee. Uh, <laughs> and for those of you that can't see, because uh, nobody can see this, um, I, I just uh, sh- shake the hips a little bit. You know what I'm saying? My, my hips don't lie. Anyways, I feel like I know you so much better now after that minute intro, which is what it's for. But I will say we're getting mighty close to this break. So I want to kind of get into something that this podcast is all about. And that is helping teachers start their week off with the best attitude possible so that they can go into their week and make the biggest impact that they can. So with that said, on a Monday, let's break it down real quick. On a Monday, your week's about to start. Is there any rituals? Is there anything you're doing to make sure that you hit that week rolling? Well, for me, I like to start my week actually on a Sunday night. So I like to make sure that everything is packed and ready to go, just as my parents had raised me the night before. So not only are my goodies packed together to, to head out the door, but you know, the coffee maker is ready. When I wake up in the mornings on a Monday, like any other morning, I have good music cracking, cranked up, and I'm ready to rock and roll for the day. So I, I like to be prepared that that's how I start my week out mentally prepare myself as well for what I'd like to uh, accomplish in that week and make sure that my lists are are taken care of too next question so we've already kind of talked about what kind of makes you you like what makes you unique so what I want to hear though right before the break here is what is something that you have absolutely failed at and how did you react to that failure it's hard to admit that you can't do everything yourself. <laughs> right, right. So uh, being a small business owner, I had to learn how to not micromanage and how to delegate. So I've been very fortunate to have amazing interns help me out with marketing and research and, and data collection and, and a few other campaigns as well. So that was my biggest lesson to learn was to be able to delegate and, and just avoid burnout because coming back from that burnout is really difficult. Mm-hmm. What helped you learn to delegate like was there did you take a course did you just have to learn the good old-fashioned hard way like what what kind of helped you learn how that that works and and how to do that the best well, it was kind of a combination of both. I was feeling really overwhelmed with all the work because not only do I create the um, creative work, I don't you know, write the stories, create the programs that tie into it because I have several programs available, not just my bullying prevention program and recordings thereof, but it, it was really hard for me to just keep up with everything and eventually my weekends would melt away and it would be Monday again. I'm not much time for socializing because like, all I wanted to do was sleep. But I've also been very blessed in having been connected with SCORE. SCORE is a national organization. It's a nonprofit and they're based nationwide. So they have chapters right across the country where retired and semi-retired professionals in business volunteer their time to help new business owners or small business owners guide us as we grow our business. And um, they're the ones who put the pressure on me to start finding someone to help me. And and so I did. I found someone that I could trust and they've been amazing. Even though they're on the West Coast, they, it's still the time zones. Yeah. <laughs> we to work there through well. But, you know, there's stay-at-home moms that are looking to do a few extra hours while the kids were at school, you know, to, to stay mentally, intellectually sharp. They like being involved in businesses. So there are many mums out there that are, are looking for that kind of stimulation. And I'm happy to, 
to include them along my journey. So, um, yeah, so it was a combination of the two. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's really, I just, I just feel like that's such an important thing. I know that, like me personally, I, I definitely can, can learn that. My first, my first year of coaching uh, soccer here at East High School, I was the C team coach, which is the third team. And that year, I had a great season. We went undefeated. It was awesome. But I didn't have any managers, right? So, like, I didn't have anybody to delegate things to. So, I just kind of did everything myself. Well, the next year, I went up and now I am the, the head coach. And I had managers all of a sudden. What are you, what, I, that, that was my question. It was like, what, what, are, what, what are you supposed to be? They would be like, well, what did we do? And I was like, uh, well, I don't know. Because I kind of usually do everything myself. And so I've started to have to kind of learn. So I was really curious how, how you kind of learned how to do that. Cause I would say that's something that's a, that's a point of growth for, for not just me, but I feel like uh, a lot of people, that's a really tricky thing to, to figure out. Oh, I'm just so sorry. I was going to say that, you know, I look at every aspect of my business and I see, you know, I work through to see where I would need extra help in. And I actually write up the instructions word for word so a child could understand them. And I mm-hmm. share the document with uh, the intern that I'm working with so that they can continue. And then we have a weekly phone call and, you know, or she can email me if she has an immediate question or text me and I can, you know, if I can answer, I do it right away. But having those written up has been very helpful because say I get a new intern, so I don't have to explain myself over again. It's all right. written up within the particular departments within the company. That is so cool. I love that idea too. Well, hey, we are at the break. So we're going to go ahead, take a real quick break, thank a sponsor, and we will be right back with story time. For you, the listeners of the Teacher Recharge Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, if you listen to last week's episode, you know I'm going through grad school right now, and I've actually got a few of the required books through Audible. Yes, I really did. This last week, I started a new book called Mastery. It's by George Leonard, and it's all about gaining the tools needed for mastery, playing the long game instead of the short outcome-based game. If you'd like to listen to that or any of the other 180,000 titles that they have to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, you can just go to audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Once again, that is audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Thanks, Audible. We're back on the interview with Eleni Theodorou. Doru, 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 Doru. Oh my gosh, I'm so bad. You know, I, I before the show, I even asked her. I even asked her, "How do you say your name?" And then I said it right. I said it correctly, and then that happens. Of course, that's gonna happen. Anyways, it's my favorite part of the entire week, of the entire episode, of my entire life. It is. That is the time of the show. If this is your first time listening, where I shut up and let the guest do the talking. Now, this story could be sad. It could be happy. It could be comedic. It could be downright embarrassing. That isn't for me to decide. That is for the guest to decide. So, Eleni, it is story time. Take it away. Well, with regards to an experience that I've had with students, it's a little funny. (laughs) 
I had worked for several schools in my own city and uh, decided one day I was going to be brave enough and attempt a Zumba, Zumba class not far from when I stay. And I was struggling so much being unfit. And halfway through, we finally got a break. And I noticed throughout the whole Zumba session that these little girls were running around following me. So eventually I get a tap, you know, on my back and these little girls are like, excuse me, are you Noko's mom? And there I am standing drenched, looking like a drowned rat with a red face and uh, from all the running around in Zumba. And I'm like, yeah, well, where do you know me from? I'm like, you were at our school. And I was like, really? Well, what did I teach you? And they rattled off what I taught them about being kind, being an includer, being an upstander and what they felt, you know, what it felt like when they felt the quills and that they loved the theme song. And they, they called me over to their parents because they really wanted me to, to meet their parents. And all of us are like huffing and puffing in the Zumba yeah. class. But they were just so delighted to meet, you know, this local author. And we don't realize how much we truly inspire children, um, you know, and that they look up to us. So it is important that we, you know, continue doing the good work that we do and be the good role models and, and reinforce those pro-social behaviors. I feel like this this podcast is so good because we get each week, we get a, a perspective and usually the story is, is something where, where it shows, hey, you you might not feel like what you're doing is reaching these kids, but it really, really, really is. Everything you say, everything you do is important, yeah? It's such a sweet surprise, you know, and, yeah. um, and I have the students make a promise. We make a pinky promise at the end of our session that they will go and teach their families what they've learned with me. So the message goes beyond the classroom into the home. And I have a bunch of free resources that I send home with the kids as well so that the parents would be able to enjoy the story and the uh, questions and other resources that go with that and start these healthy conversations around our behavior and including others. So, yes, it's it's very special to me. So you said you, you do a pinky promise at the end of each thing yeah. that there's nothing more in, in, in the u.s there is nothing more official than mm-hmm. a pinky promise you cannot break that i'm so happy someone else understands this <laughs> that is so awesome i love it and and you know what that does though is that that's just showing how how well you do when, when it comes to relating to these kids too because i i don't know a kid that I really don't know. I don't know high schoolers that would take a, a pinky promise not seriously. Like, this is like, I mean it. It's weird. People joke about it, but it's a real thing. If I pinky promise it, it's real. It's going to happen. It really is. And you know what? I feel a little cheeky when I do it with the, with the older students, but it really sticks with them. They, they yeah. seem to create that connection. But with the grades two through five students, I also have them write, they have an assignment. So <laughs> they have to write me a little letter explaining what they've learned with me and why it's important. I want to make sure that they really grasp what we're trying to teach them. And then we have other resources that help keep that message of compassion in the foreground, like posters and the bookmarks that I give them and coloring pages, etc. But that pinky promise, I do it with the older students too. And they remember, they have a good giggle, but they remember. I love it. I love your whole program. I love I love the port, like just everything about it. It sounds amazing. It sounds very well set up. Sounds like it's very, very impactful. Obviously, if, if kids are running up to you during a Zumba class, my goodness, what an impact you're having. That is something to be proud of. <laughs> Back to the back to the hips don't lie thing, right? No, I'm just kidding. Do you have one of those Zumba Zumba dresses? You know the ones with like the the that clang around. You know the uh, 
Oh, the belly dancing one? No, I, I do have those because I have done the belly dancing, but for Zumba, it's more of an aerobics class. With right. A bit of a, do it. In and, my... Uh, in my hometown, there was a Zumba class that would be going on while I was working out in the gym at the local college. And there was like three or four ladies that were in that Zumba class. I always thought like, wow, that's an intense workout because I feel like it really is. You're moving constantly. But then there was like three or four ladies and they were so cute because they were like older ladies, you know, like, and they had like these skirts on that were like, they, it looked like they had spoons all over them. So like when they moved, it was like clanging. Like it was like, it was really cool. It was so funny. But I was like, okay, get it, get it, you know? Unbelievable. I, you know, I'm usually I'm one of the younger girls in the group and we're a class of about 30 to 40 women. Mm -hmm. Most women in the class are well above their 50s. It's incredible to see them so full of life and so energetic and just loving the movement and the music. It's It's such a cool concept i love zumba i think it's such a such a cool idea and it's to be honest fun to watch i i would love to i would love to go to a class so i think i think that's my next step that's my next step i am very bad at dancing that's what's always kept me out of it but i mean when you're doing it to exercise nobody can fault you for that hey nobody can really fault you for dancing anyways though that's the whole thing that's cool about dancing so we are almost at the end of this episode but first we got two things left. I would like to ask you if people want to follow your work, if they kind of want to figure out, find out a little bit more about this program you have or about how they can get a copy of your book themselves, how can they do that? That's question number one. Well, if you'd like to learn a little more about me and my bullying prevention program, you're welcome to go to nocothenight.com. That's noco with an N for Nancy, nocothenight.com. My books are available. I've got two published books. They're available at Amazon as well. So the series is called Noco the Night. My second book is called Noco the Night, What's Your Tribe's Treasure? And in that book, we focus on cultural appreciation and cultural diversity, which is a very special book for me as well. My social media handles are is Noko the Night as well. If you're looking to reach out to me for further information about my programs for your schools, pre-K through grade five students, you can reach me at press at nocoandfriends.com. That's noco, the word and, the word friends.com. Awesome. Well, we will have a link to all of that stuff in the show notes and in the description. So getting in touch with Eleni is has never been easier. And then the final thing here, the final question I have today is something that I used to do myself after every episode, but this year I'm really wanting the guests to do it. And that is our weekly challenge. Now our weekly challenge is something that our teachers, our listeners can take into the week, whether it be a mindset, whether it be a task, whether it be something they should be looking for in in their students, something that they can take into the week to help them make the biggest impact possible. What is your challenge for our listeners this week? I believe each and every one of us have a gift that we are here to explore and to share with the world. Sometimes it can be very challenging for us to see those gifts or to see the presence that the the child may be bringing, especially when we run down at the end of the school year or at the end of the school week. But understand that you are who the children are looking up to. They're with you for eight hours of the day. They're looking to you for guidance, for support, for protection. I'm sure you're very well aware of that. Sometimes when we get caught up with all our duties and responsibilities, you know, we get overwhelmed, we get burned out. It is still important to see the 
the gift and the treasure within each of the children that we work with and to help mold them into the productive citizens that we need in society later on. I know it's often easier said than done, but I do feel it's something that we need to just keep reminding ourselves of and very importantly, self-care. It's important that we take care of ourselves so that we are able to give to our children. So take the breaks that you need as often as you need and ensure that you're well-balanced and feeling good emotionally, mentally, and physically as well. Your challenge for the week is to go out, look at your students, and, and really see the positives in each of those students. We all have that, that student that is like, man, this kid is working me to a pub. I'm getting frustrated. That kid has a positive. I promise. You know why? Because he's a kid. She's a kid. Simple as that. So I love that idea. And then also turning that positive the other way and looking to see the positive in yourself is always a good thing. We can train our minds to really start to be positive. Uh, Being positive, being optimistic is a choice. Simple as that. It is a choice. So go out, choose to be optimistic this week. Eleni, thank you for coming on to the show. Really appreciated it, as I'm, I'm sure our listeners did as well. Thank you for having me. It was a very special experience for me, and I wish everyone a beautifully blessed start to the new school year. Get up, get up.